The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The apostles gathered together with Jesus and reported all they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. The people were coming and going in great numbers, and they had no opportunity even to eat. So they went off in the boat by themselves to a deserted place. People saw them leaving and came to know about it. They hastened there on foot from all the towns and arrived at the place before them. When they disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. The Gospel of the Lord. As I was reflecting on the scriptures this weekend in preparation for the homily, the question came to mind, do I eat the food that I am given? I was thinking not of physical food, the stuff that was sitting in my fridge or in the pantry, but rather the food that the Lord God comes to give to me as a member of the sheep of the flock, the food which Christ gives to me to be able to nourish me for eternal life. Do I actually consume it? for my good and for ultimately my salvation. The question arose because as we look at all the readings this weekend, there are a couple of themes that run all the way through them, one of which is the aspect of the importance of the teachings of Christ. We see in the first reading from the prophet Jeremiah how the Lord God speaks to his people and he says, Woe to the shepherds who mislead and scatter the flock. There's a temptation oftentimes as a shepherd of the flock to be able to do whatever, uh, whatever you, know, you think is the best, in a sense. To be able to come up with a new an idea, to be able to gain some notoriety, to be able to do something you know, fresh and exciting so that you can gain praise. And the simple reality is the Lord God speaks to him and he says, Woe to the shepherds who are concerned with themselves. To the detriment of the flock, those who, who don't nourish with the truth of the Gospels, the truth of the faith, but rather try to come up with their own take, their own new thing. Woe to them, because they scatter the flock. In the letter to the Ephesians, St. Paul writes, and he speaks of how Christ coming to be able to reconcile us, to bring the two, that are, the two together to become one, namely the Jews and the Gentiles, that all of us might be able to become one. And he does this by means of preaching. He preaches here and he preaches far. Namely to say he preaches to the Jews and he preaches to the Gentiles. To be able to give the good news of the kingdom of God. And lastly we see in the gospel this carrying over of how even the disciples recognize the importance of teaching. They go out and they've, they've gone, they've been sent out by Christ and they come back today they, and they gather again. And they tell the Lord all that they did and all that they taught. And then Christ, seeing that they needed some rest, says, let us go separate for a while. Let's go for a retreat. You guys need it. And they go off in the boat to the retreat and the people run around the lake and they they ultimately beat them there by foot. And the Lord, looking upon them, his heart is touched with pity for them. 
He sees that they are like sheep without a shepherd. They have no one to guide them, no one to direct them, to nourish their souls. And so he sends the apostles off, and he himself gathers them, and it says that he taught them many things. That would have been enough for Jesus just to kind of sit down and, and visit with the people, to be with them. You know, certainly to be in the presence of the Lord would have been a wonderful thing. He could have done any number of things. You know, he can always you know, tell jokes and crack, you know, crack a good joke and have a good time. He can circle everybody up, play duck, duck, goose or something, you know, get a good laugh, get some energy or something going. He could do all kinds of things. But Jesus, rather than doing all these lively things that would have you know, brought a smile to their face or a little bit of joy to their heart for a few moments... He brings them and he sits them down, just as we hear in Psalm 23, and he feeds them with his teachings. Because Christ knows that his teachings are the food for eternal life. If we receive his teachings, if we consume them, if we allow them to nourish our heart and our soul, we will have eternity. And this is the importance of the teaching and importance of that main question do I take the food that I'm given? Do I allow, allow Christ to feed me? You know, oftentimes whenever we come to the scriptures, whenever we come to the gospel, when we come to mass, it's easy for us to kind of lose the basic message and get caught up in lots of details. We're really good at being very complex in a lot of ways as Catholics. But the simple message of the gospel is important for us always to remember and to stick to. Namely, Adam and Eve... And the original beginning had perfect harmony with God. By their choice, by their sin, that harmony was broken. And that harmony has been broken ever since in a certain way. Adam and Eve are the ones who broke the covenant with the Lord. But they themselves weren't able to fix it entirely. Because it took both parties to be able to come and to remedy that. And so not just humanity needs to be able to do it, but also the divinity, the divine, Christ. Christ comes among us and he offers himself on the cross. He dies to be able to make reparation, to repair the wound. And so we can be back in harmony with God on account of Christ's offering of himself. But the simple fact that Christ has done the labor for us, that Christ has done his part, doesn't mean that we could just sit back on the couch and enjoy the ride. Rather, we have to allow Christ to come and to teach us how to live in harmony once again. Because our hearts left to themselves will ultimately fall away from Christ. Left to ourselves without the grace of the Lord, without the strength of God, we won't necessarily choose the good every time. In fact, most of the time we'll choose the opposite. And so we need the teachings of Christ to be able to, to show us where to go to find life. And the beautiful thing is that the Father wants this for us. God the Father is a loving Father. He's not one that we have to kind of twist his arm or kind of coerce him to be able to get, get things out of him. He wants to give them to us. He, he pours them out in abundant ways. But it takes us to be able to receive them. God the Father shows his love in so many ways. And the only thing he desires is that we accept it. One of the most profound ways that he shows his love for us is by continuing to provide for us teachers of the faith. To be able to pass on from generation to generation to generation from the lips of Christ through his apostles down to today. 
the good news that is our salvation. He speaks to us through the church and through the shepherds of the church. The Lord God looks upon us still and sees that we are hungry. He knows that we're a flock that left to ourselves can simply kind of wander around looking for some guidance and direction. And our mother, the church, the bride of Christ, comes to lead us to our Lord. I will confess myself that I'm not the best of shepherds. When I was reading the first reading today, woe to the shepherd, I had much to pray about. But the simple reality is that even with my faults and even every single priest that is a shepherd in the church, every bishop that's a shepherd of the church, every one of us, though we may fall short, ultimately are still used by God to feed the flock. Because it's the love of God. Because even my wickedness can't be enough to defeat the Lord himself and his goodness for the family. And so this is the reality is that The Lord God provides for his flock. He provides for you in countless ways. Just think about the ways that which Christ and his teachings are conveyed here in our parish. A relatively small parish in the comparison with so many other places, you know, in our diocese and in other places. That we have on regular, regular occasions. Of course, we have the Sunday homily, which has some teaching aspect to it. We've got the bulletin, which has front and back, you know, opportunities to be able to learn a little bit more of the things of the scripture, the things of the faith. We've got religious education classes for our children, religious education classes as well for adults. We've got Bible studies that take place throughout the course of the year. We offer from time to time various books and CDs and various you know, offerings of movies and such. To be able to be nourished in the gift of faith, there are pamphlets, there are prayer cards, we have the parish missions, we have parish talks, we have preachers come in to be able to speak to us, we've got the online resources uh, that we've subscribed to as a parish, and that's just the stuff that we offer ourselves here locally. That's not to say the ways in which God also uses EWTN and the Baton Rouge Catholic Life TV, of how God uses the Catholic commentator, of how Certainly any number of resources that are available online or in print and books and magazines. Every single one of those, everyone, is a way in which God the Father has done something intentionally to be able to speak to you and to me. To feed us. To give us nourishment for our soul. He looks at us and he goes, I want to feed my family. Every father who has a father's heart knows that desire, and the mother too. The desire to provide for the family, to provide a good meal. Indeed, the Lord our God provides the best. Because the food that he gives us is not just a nice food pleasing to the taste buds for a short time that will fill our stomach and leave us empty six hours from now. The food that God gives to us nourishes us forever. It never goes away. It never fades. In fact, if we integrate it into ourselves, if we allow it to truly become part of our heart, it increases more and more and more over time. The teachings of Christ are a wonderful gift to us. All signs of the love of God the Father. But again, it takes us to receive them. 
Throughout the scriptures we hear that the Lord is a shepherd. The Lord is the good shepherd. That he comes to feed the flock. And the reality is that the Lord God does not force feed the sheep. He doesn't force feed us anything. He doesn't make us receive his love. He doesn't make us receive his mercy. He doesn't make us receive his salvation. He doesn't make us receive anything. The Lord, our shepherd, he leads us to the pasture and he says, you want food? This is the best stuff. Take and eat. Much in the same way that we have the words of the Eucharist, take and eat. So also he does with his word, his teachings. Because just as the Eucharist is indeed the body of Christ, the word of God made flesh, come to nourish us and to save us for eternal life, as we'll hear in the coming weeks. So also to his teaching, the word of Christ made flesh, to teach us how to live, how to respond to the Lord, how to say yes to God, in short, how to live in harmony as we were created from the start. And so we ask the Lord to be with us today as we come to celebrate these sacred mysteries. We thank the Father for his love that pours out in so many ways. We thank our Lord Jesus that he has offered himself for us as our reconciliation with the Father. And we pray that the Holy Spirit would come and remain with us, would be alive in us, to help us to receive the teachings of Christ and to put them forth into action. We pray that by the gift of the Eucharist we come to celebrate and receive today, that we might indeed be a good flock, a faithful flock, to rejoice that wherever Christ our shepherd leads us, we may delight in the rich food that will lead us to eternity.